great fighters of our time. Number 27, The Prisoner. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, 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 and welcome again to Staggering Stories Podcast number 71. Ooh. Quality before quantity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well said there, well said. I'm Crumbly. I'm much better fake, Keith. I'm and Adam. so is Crumbly, although he's being a bit of a wuss about it. <laughs> I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And yes, people, I I'm Wilkie. He does play his part up a he bit, does, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He's, he's really full of himself. <laughs> did you notice the hands? I did a lot the of hands. Yes, but people couldn't see mm. the hands. He's doing jazz hands, yeah. Yeah, do jazz hands. Yeah. There's, oh, a, there's a combination good. of the Paul Cornell and Matt Smith hands. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without further ado, banging one's fist down on the table of information, it's the news with El Presidente. haven't eaten your crumbs <laughs> i slaved over that oven for an hour you, you? will eat your crumbs i Should haven't even I... eaten my cake we 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 oh you put the stuff in the <laughs> i measured it all thing. that out for you yes. i did all the hard work <laughs> <laughs> you got something to throw at them <laughs> <laughs> i think they realize to be here to 11 o'clock at this rate all right i'll read some news sarah jane smith is reunited with another of the Doctor's former companions, Joe Grant, played by K.G. Manning, in a new series of the Sarah Jane Adventures, uh, or Maldehyde at the Ready. Question. <laughs> yes? Um, when she got married to that Welsh professor in uh, The Green Death, yeah. would she have been known as Joe Jones? <laughs> well, she was She was sort of a feminist 20, 20th century girl, burning right. the bra. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Joe Grant Jones. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is a bit of a mouthful, so she just says Joe Grant. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Set to air on CBBC this autumn. They'll mm. be joined by the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, in special mm. editions penned by executive producer Rusty Davis. <laughs> Rusty Davis? Rusty Davis. <laughs> so it's true he still has a finger in. <laughs> yeah, he obviously does. <laughs> Elizabeth Sladen, who plays Sarah Jane, comments... It's a fantastic script, and I can't wait to work with another Doctor and hope Matt has fun with us. No. <laughs> Katie Manning, who recently returned to live in the UK again, adds... Playing Joe Grant again <laughs> is something I never really considered. I was gobsmacked when they told me, and I am over the moon. What an incredible little treat. I come home, and this is one of the first things that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think she needs the lozenges. I think she needs to gargle. <laughs> um, swallow, maybe. Order. Yes. Uh, they've had the read through for this, yep. and it was on the SFX site. And the SFX yep. interviewer was exceedingly miffed because Matt Smith was stuck in America. Yes. Because of the volcano. Because of the volcano, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been grateful. <laughs> stuck with there with Karen Gillan, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. More news? More news. Okay. Uh, Fox withdrawing from Captain Jack. The Fox Network has decided. I was too busy trying not to laugh. The Fox Network have decided not to continue with the plans for the US version of Torchwood. BBC Worldwide had issued a statement. 
BBC Worldwide Productions and the Fox Broadcasting Company have mutually agreed not to progress together with a 13-episode serialised Torchwood format. We are currently in discussion with several interested networks. And ads? We are currently in discussion with several interested networks. (laughs) (laughs) Never get that feeling of deja vu. (laughs) Russell T Davis was reported to be writing a pilot script with Judy Gardner and Jane Tranter acting (laughs) as executive producers. Tranter also dismissed rumours that the American version of Doctor Who was being planned. It may well be confusing to have a British Doctor and an American Doctor at the same time, she said. There is only one Doctor, so I don't see that happening. <laughs> Where's the blue bottle, I think the BBC would have learnt last time the fingers being burnt from the Universal oh, there Fox. Oh, Russell T Davies again. <laughs> no, 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 no. no uh, they're being burnt with the Fox Doctor Who, Eighth Doctor yeah. thing, which... Fox you know, as well, and they've yeah. got a really bad history. With yeah, they're, they're notorious for certain sci-fi shows, just putting them straight in the bin. Yeah. And how can you have an American Doctor Who? Isn't mm. half of the attraction his Britishness? It's yeah. not Doctor Who, it's Torchwood. No, 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 no. The, the, no. Last, bit, the, the last, last bit. bit. Oh, right then. I know you're old, but you can hear. <laughs> well, she hasn't got the light on, she can't see. What <laughs> right, that's precisely it. She, she hasn't got the light on, she can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the dark over here. But I, I don't know what all our American listeners think, but I thought the attraction was that he was totally British. Why don't you write mm. in and tell us? Yes. Kiefer Sutherland is the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. well, so some American actors I could see in the role, but not all. Like uh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. I could see him in the role. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But don't want to, though. No. More news. No. Outcry! That's great. Ah! <laughs> it sounded like something from Longleat. <laughs> so uh, it was just my outcry. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, just feed that one again. <laughs> just feed it enough buns and peanuts. <laughs> outcry! <laughs> As Graham Norton gate crashes Doctor Who again, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the final cliffhanger. Few seconds of the time of the angels. A cartoon version how can you tell the difference a cartoon (laughs) version of Graham Norton appeared on screen to promote the reality series Over the Rainbow which aired directly after Who on BBC One the cartoon version of Norton then proceeded to gyrate his hips over a tight camera shot of the Doctor's face in a critical moment in the story I didn't mind that so much it was the take it baby (laughs) it was a little bit actually there were several immediate Twitter reactions. Matthew Graham, executive producer of Ashes to Ashes, tweeted, I take it everyone else was livid that the bee put burning cartoon Graham Norton across the exciting cliffhanger climax of Doctor Who. Please, BBC, you're not a US network. You're so much better than they are. Don't cheapen yourself. The public know what's up next. Charlie Brooker also tweeted... Why don't the BBC just wipe shit all over the screen during the final scene of Doctor Who next week? And Simon Pegg, ironically... Congrats to the BBC for ruining the climax of Doctor Who, with a cartoon Graham Norton telling each other about another King Talent show. The BBC has yet to comment on the incident. I also emailed the BBC <laughs> at their complaint oh, section. Of Mrs. Angry from well, I'm Mrs. Angry almost. You're Mrs. The... Angry. I'm Mrs. Angry. I almost <laughs> really? threw the cat at the telly. Oh. I'm so annoyed. I went 
I didn't see it, fortunately. I watched it on BBC HD, but mm, I did yes. put a complaint in anyway. They, <laughs> have, they have now replied, actually. Oh, what did they say? They had to life, Mr. Person. They had two replies. Their first was a single line. We apologise for the timing of the Saturday night trail, mm. which uh, is pretty rubbish. Yeah. And then today they've had a, a much bigger news story saying thousands of Doctor Who fans complain over Norton Trail. And apparently more than 5,000 fans have written in to complain <laughs> and said, should not have been played out on Saturday. We apologise to all Doctor Who fans whose enjoyment of the show was disrupted. We recognise the strength and feeling that has been expressed and are taking steps to ensure that this mistake will not happen again. Mm. You know it's the somewhere... BBC, they're taking steps that yes. it will happen. No, no, somewhere so in, in the words, BBC is an executive banging his head against the table going, oh God, I've upset the freaks. And on the we have an article here from I think we should give that a round of applause it's been two two podcasts since we've heard a proper Daily Mail oh Agreed. that's true yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much well, well done sir anyway this column in the Daily no, Mail <laughs> alright <laughs> It says here, and Clegg can't join the government without permission from the Cyberman. What? Hey, sorry. <laughs> I shall read. Yeah. Britain's fate in a hung parliament could lie in the hands of an alien cyborg armed with a terrifying array of weapons and a Liberal Democrat membership card. What? <laughs> if no party gets a Commons majority on the 6th of May, Lib Dem leader Nick Clegg... Clegg, hi! <laughs> It's a jolly nice man. <laughs> we will not have your political views in this format. And especially not with me sitting here. What planet's he on? I just said Clegg High. <laughs> yeah, the Clegg's from yeah, Judge Fred. Oh, I'm with it now, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> anyway. Lib Dem leader Nick Clegg will have to get past a Cyberman, one of Doctor Who's deadliest enemies, to seal a coalition deal. Brian Orrell, who played a cyber lieutenant oh, really? in the BBC science fiction show yeah, in the yeah. 80s, <laughs> will have a key role in approving any power-sharing pact as Lib Dem vice president and a senior member of, of its federal executive. Really? Under the party's internal rules, designed to stop the leader signing away its independence for a coveted cabinet job, the executive can veto any coalition deal. Mr Orrell was not available for comment last night, but has previously backed the rules. Mr Clegg's aides and senior party figures were last night surprised to hear of Mr Orrell's Cyberman past. <laughs> One said, I knew he was an actor, but I didn't know he was a Cyberman. But then, they do wear those masks, so you never see their faces. Someone's in for some ribbing. <laughs> yes. Do you think he sits at the desk in the cyber uniform, the cyber costume? Oh, yeah. Extra, extra piece of news. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see Patrick Stewart tomorrow. Patrick Stewart is backing Labour in Crawley, of all places, mm. so I'm going to have a moist moment and go and gaze at him. <laughs> well, if fake Crumbly can have a moment. Moist moment? A moment. <laughs> Seeing Patrick Stewart in his in his speedos. Oh God, wouldn't it be wonderful if he was in his speedos? Not while he's lecturing an entire yeah, crowd I of these really crawly Labour voters. They'd pay attention. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he'd stand out. It might oh, be a bit cold. I was going to say politics isn't that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Any more news, or are we newsed out? I think we're newsed out. We're newsed Probably out. for the best. On that note, listeners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who the head of Pertwee would vote for? Well, we haven't said hello to him yet. Hello, hello head, head of, of Pertwee. Pertwee. 
That yogic flying lot, I suspect. Mm, probably. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. The, the one people who are running down in Brighton. Oh, the, the, the undead. equal rights for, un- for the undead party. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> that. I think you'd vote for them, definitely. Yeah. Equal rights for the undead, yeah. I'm upset <laughs> we haven't got a monster raving loony. <laughs> well, not an official one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have any crawly, have we? No. There's one over in North London, I think, somewhere, or East London. We've got the Justice Party, which is close as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Natural Law Party, that's the one who does all the yogic flying. And now, okay. without further ado, ado, with Jean having admitted finally that she adores Matt Smith <laughs> in all his gangly glory. In all his gangly... <laughs> gangly what? And the last words Adam off, having to go friend? and spend a private moment in his bathroom every time Karen Gillan walks onto screen. We shall review Doctor Who. Right. A victory of the Daleks. Victory. Oh, hell. <laughs> Can't we do this statue one first? No. Oh, hell. <laughs> okay, this is going to be an evening of positives and negatives. <laughs> negatives first, I think. <laughs> think. Find your happy place. Think happy I place. found my happy place. I, I found my happy place on Saturday. <laughs> but the Saturday before that, I found a not-so-happy place. Ooh. And that was after I'd watched Victory of the Daleks. Mmm. Didn't used to happen when I was a kid. Whenever there was Daleks in the title, I knew, whoa, that's going to be brilliant. Beginning to end, riveted, loved it, don't care what happened. After Daleks in Manhattan and now Victory (laughs) of the Daleks, I'm never, ever, ever going to watch a Dalek episode again because (laughs) I cry with disappointment. You didn't like it then? They're always bad, right? A couple of notable exceptions. They're always bad Dalek stories, aren't they? I, I, I (sighs) I think Victory of Daleks can be summed up in one phrase, as was said to me... On the phone by someone of my nearest and dearest. Bollocks! What a pile of crap! (laughs) (laughs) Now, in all fairness, I thought Churchill was excellent. Oh! Yep. Oh, Churchill. And, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I really liked the idea of the air bubbles encasing the uh, Spitfires. Oh, the Star Wars mm, I thought yes. that, that was didn't really, really quite good. quite make sense physically. It was like, like towing the Earth back didn't mm. make yeah, sense physically, but it was still good. But there again, I mean, if they had Daleks, I mean, I'm sure they're using Dalek technology for the uh, for the Spitfires. Yeah. So. But the rest of it... For, mm, for people who haven't heard the plot... Yeah, I think we should... <laughs> There's not much of a plot. That was one of the main things. Um, Second World War, Mm -hmm. uh, the end of the last episode, The Beast Below, the Doctor gets a phone call from Churchill and he churns up at Churchill's bunker. Mm -hmm. Some two months after the phone call was made. One one month, I think. One month month late. To be greeted by the Mm. most magnificent, magnificent Daleks in khaki... Yeah. Wearing utility belts yeah, with webbing, Union yeah. Jacks under their eyes. Yeah. Quite how they got to the in those utility belts. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. It looked good. But they were called yeah. Ironsides. Yep. If yes. they make a small diorama of one of them, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Invented apparently by Professor Bracewell. Bracewell, yeah. And there to help Ooh. Allied forces win the British war. particularly. Re- yeah. Win Funnily enough, the, the Nazis didn't believe this story. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this this episode produced two out of the three scenes from the trailer which annoyed me. Yes. Okay. And now, now, now having seen, seen the two scenes from the <laughs> yeah. trailer, in particular the bashing the Dalek over the head with a bloody great big spanner <laughs> yeah. and the right okay. upper cut to the person, yeah. Yeah. Bracewell, they both still annoy the hell out of me <laughs> and would 
totally over the top. In fact, in one case, just out of place completely. I didn't mind him at all. I quite liked the uh, hitting the Dalek. Mm, yes. It seemed to have a real weight behind it. It did seem to really metal. connect and yeah. sound metal and yeah. Yeah, and Tough. also when he when he like the new Daleks, he when did the uppercut to Bracewell, you he- also heard a clong of metal. Yeah, not quite sure how. Yeah, or why? Because <laughs> he's, he's an a robot. He's an android. Yeah, but he chin. doctor isn't. Yeah, well, he st- <laughs> yeah, still so it should be metal on metal, but you know. Yeah, it should be flesh against metal. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> never mind that. So, the Daleks. Oh. I mean, uh, let's get this out of the way then. The, the, <laughs> plot, the plot itself was like, oh, let's find some alien bit of spooky sound of thing for the Daleks to resurrect themselves yeah. from. It was like Doctor Who by numbers, cliche Doctor Who. It, for, for me, this was an episode very much of two parts. The first part I loved. I loved immensely. I love the Daleks when they're backed into a corner and forced to act sneaky. Yes. I love that whole idea. You know that they're, they're acting good and light and wonderful, but you know in the, somewhere in the, they're huddling in the background somewhere discussing how they're going to destroy people. You know they're Daleks. They're going to betray you. Don't trust them. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think the entire episode was just worth worth the uh, line the Dalek says would you like a cup of tea oh yeah <laughs> when, when it first turns it turn, turns to the doctor and says we are your servants you can almost or we are your soldiers yeah can servants is power of the Daleks yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can almost hear it choking over the words <laughs> and I thought he quite in, he's quite enjoying it as yeah. well, <laughs> well being beaten it seemed to have a bit of a sense of humour yeah. Yeah, right. the, the beating didn't you know wouldn't harm it wouldn't yeah. hurt no. it at all would it? No. Well, well I said he enjoyed, he enjoyed it yeah. Yeah. but everybody who's listening to this has seen this so they know what happens at the end yeah and we suddenly get Teletubby Daleks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to say to someone, I know obesity is a growing complaint in the Western world, but I don't think Daleks catch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the the new Daleks wiping out the old Daleks. That is very much with their philosophy. Oh, good grief. We've had that before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, so. we have had that before. Yeah, yeah. I could accept the, uh, the new coloration of the Daleks if they weren't hunchback. I could accept the hunchback if it wasn't for the new coloration. Yeah. Both together too much. Both, Both together is very, too much. Very yeah. much a merchandising yeah, trap. There is a I, reason for it, I, and that's I very... I really in. hope it all... Yeah, that's what a reset button, I hope and it's it all not, gets back to normal a, at the end B- of the series. BBC Worldwide, apparently, the sales yeah. of Dalek toys is going down, because they've sold them to everyone. They like, don't need a new Dalek model. Yeah, well, well, for want of a better term, it looks like the Daleks have been to B&Q. IKEA Daleks. I like the height of them. The height of them are now so they could look Matt Smith in I the I didn't eye. like the fact they looked like Darcy Bustle but taking her name to vain and actually wearing a ruddy bustle. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the colour coding as long as the colour coding goes back to where they got it from, i.e. the 60s Daleks, and they had a meaning. The colours actually had a meaning at yeah. one point. They weren't mm-hmm. there just to make they them were look just random colours. The, the coloration, I've read it on the forums, or oh, well, they always used to be primary colours. They didn't. Not in they BBC. Were, no. initially, originally, they were either silver or black. Yeah. That's not primary mm-hmm. colours. No, 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 but from the movie, which is where they... Because as they yeah. came out and you saw that black skirt, the first thing I went is, oh, we've got movie Daleks, because yeah. they are the mm. movie... And they had the, the... You know, if it was again, silver and blue, it was basically the equivalent of a Star Trek, Star Trek red shirt. You yeah. know, it was going to mm-hmm. get blown up. It was, again, it was only gold, black and red that was in the, uh, the films. Yeah, but there again, back in the 1960s, when everyone was watching black and white, it was sort of grey, slightly darker grey, black. Well, exactly. There wasn't any point to them in colour. No, no. <laughs> I didn't mind the idea of changing them. No, no I don't I mind I don't even idea. mind the hump back too much. Mm, great with me. But I think I don't like is the fact 
fact, they seem to look plasticky, yeah. warm mm-hmm. and friendly. They look tacky, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that is one of the things that has always got me. It's meant to be a war machine, yeah. uh, uh, a tank, for want of a better yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a tank. Yeah. yeah. In, in real life, tanks are camouflaged. They're certainly armoured. Yeah. These don't look armoured. No, they don't look armoured, and you could spot them a thousand miles away <laughs> on a battlefield. <laughs> Mm. I have to ask, though, also, how big are the motors these lot have to carry to get them upstairs? Because they're a heck of a lot heavier. It'll be interesting to see where it goes by the end of the series. Mm, I I really do hope they just stick with the good old Daleks, but I I doubt it. I have a horrifying horrifying feeling that some BBC executive says, oh, instead of selling the one colour Dalek now, we can sell five five. different coloured Daleks. Mm. I thought the vast toffee, I thought everything would be safe in his hands. It's going the other way, unfortunately, with the (laughs) merchandise stuff. This is not good. I I have to admit, me me and um, the other half would talking at the end of The Beast Below and we both said it looks a little bit cheaper mm. and then when you got to this one the one scene I think that brought home to me that either the BBC has had its budget cut or they're not spending the money out remember The Empty Child and Jack looked out across London during the Blitz yeah. and then mm-hmm. think of the scene with the Walden looking over the London the Blitz this one looked like a painting on a screen yeah. drop mm-hmm. it didn't look Realistic. It really looked like just a bit of um, Trump loy. And I sat there and I think, and I just had this cheap feeling to it. The Dalek spaceship looked like just a big silver warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is a feeling that the money isn't there or the money isn't being spent on, on the, the show. And I hate to say it, and this is nothing, I don't know if it's good or bad. I had that kind of feeling towards when JNT was starting to take over. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, this is starting to not look as good as the last guy's. Well, that's what I, that's what I was saying. Um, I know everyone else liked the um, uh, when Matt Smith stepped through the the image of David Tennant yeah. after we'd flashed mm-hmm. through. But I was just thinking, oh God, it's JNT all over again. Mm-hmm. We have to have pictures of what's passed as many times as um, possible. That's fair um, enough for an introductory story to make him obviously the next Doctor. He can get well, away with yeah, it but none of the more. others needed it except in JNT's era. Mm. Yes. And, and the Daleks, I think, are heading the same way. It's like messing about with things for the sake of it. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, I certainly I've got that feeling. I have no problem with the progenitor plotline. I like the fact that they escaped at the end so we don't have them all wiped off again mm. so we have to get one. Mm. Which is clearly but Vast Toffee actually just resetting yeah. it so yeah, there are Daleks everywhere Yeah, I, I, I have no problem with that. It's just the look. It looks cheap, it looks nasty yeah. and it looks to me like a commercial uh, venture. Why change a design that's worked for 45 years? Mm, yeah, true. And, and it wasn't redesigned that long ago. I mean, it was only when it came out that they actually had the swivel arms in the yeah. middle yeah, and all the rest of it. then, it was so obviously still a Dalek. But well, this is it. It, it. That's the one thing they've got to think about. If they want to sell it, it still has to obviously look like a Dalek. Yeah. Um, Do you know what this, this looks like? The cartoon. Mm. It's how the Daleks would look if drawn for a comic or in a cartoon. Mm. Well, it's what you'd said to me, that it's what the Daleks would look like if it was drawn by someone who's trying to avoid the copyright. Oh, yeah, just make it look <laughs> as close to a Dalek as we possibly can without stepping over that line. Mm. I do like the extra hint there at the end, though. She What's should that? know what the Daleks were. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's, yes, that's, that's, that's right. She didn't, she. A plot. Um, we had I a think another 
misjudging of time. Yeah, it's either yeah. misjudging or you've got an alternative universe. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to my sentiments. Uh, it seems now that every new series of the new... Uh, new Who. The new Who the that new comes season, out. The new series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's the obligatory Dalek story. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. mean... Uh, well, it's fair enough this time because it's Matt yeah. Smith, new Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I suppose I so, can, but they I could they could have left it until his, yeah, until his second season or something like that. Yeah. I, mean, mm. all, I mean, what I'm saying is, I mean, they should use them more sparingly. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they will. Hopefully they yeah. will. Yeah. Now they spent this money on new Daleks, maybe mm. not. Yeah. But what, it's all very negative. Is there anything, nothing positive people can take away from oh, this? Churchill. Story? I thought Churchill was fantastic, and the the way they got his character because he's well known to be a womanizer, and <laughs> and he was, he was, he was slipping <laughs> Amy the wink there. <laughs> yeah. He was doing what? I, I agree with <laughs> that, but I think he was also he was a little bit too light-hearted for me. It was like it was almost a game. <laughs> well, he was a cross between Winston Churchill and the um, insurance dog. Mm, yeah. yeah. I did like the fact when uh, they're trying to deco or uh, destruct, uh, what was his name? The professor. The Bracewell. Bra- the Bracewell. The Bracewell. The doctor's going through all the human tragedy, human emotion, the way to... to try to click it yeah he was going for the negative the negative like a Dalek and Amy's the one who Amy yeah Amy's the one who came in with the uh, ever loved someone you shouldn't Mm. you know positive aspects gave the doctor an odd look as well yes the thing is um, with Churchill I mean it was it's been very well documented that he was a manic depressive Mm. and so I mean maybe we just caught him on one of his uppers or something (laughs) maybe I have to say for me the best part was the khaki Dalek with the Union Jack underneath his eye (laughs) stalk I like the way they they were looking at the doctor all the time yes there was one brilliant shot where he's trying to convince Churchill the Dalek just comes into the background and looks at him yeah. Every yeah, whenever yeah. it goes glides passes with looking at him. Yeah, they got quite a lot of somehow out of emotion sneakiness out of an inanimate object. Yeah, I mean that, that's well that's the aspect I I like of the Dar- of the Daleks. As I said, the when their backs against the wall, they can be damn sneaky. Mm. Um, see even again. though Amy played a large part in solving this, again it does seem to be Amy Pond saves the world this series. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think she was underused in this episode. Mm. Yes. She yeah. was just there to contradict the Doctor and save the day. They yeah. didn't, you know, they didn't use her enough. They didn't use the Doctor much either. He just kind of went up to the ship and spoke to yeah. the Daleks. Punched the, things. And, and Jamie Dodgers. Oh, it's Jamie, Jamie Dodger was moment. wonderful. <laughs> it wasn't a real Jamie Dodger, though, was it? I, no, I, I think, so took a, a I think in the same way it wasn't a real fish finger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was a real biscuit, but it wasn't a jammy dodger. It no. was a a, a foam it was a what, jam ring. Yes, a jam yeah. ring. Oh. Sure. But that was that was. <laughs> but brilliant. even so, I did I did like that. Also, the crack makes its appearance. Oh, Amy's mm. crack. Yeah, Amy's crack. Not Un- Dylan's gash or something. No, so. no, no. <laughs> Un- unnoticed in the background still. By them. Yes. By them. Mm. Pretty blatant yeah. to ask. Yes. Mm. And it's a case. Is it following Amy around? Is it following the Doctor around? Or is it following the TARDIS around? Who knows? Is it a, yeah. is it a byproduct of the TARDIS? And the thing is, I mean, yeah, what is the meaning in the phrase silence will fall? Yeah. Do we have any of that this time? Then we did. No, not this no, time around. It's sexy no. when you've got a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall it was very light on arc. Just a sort of a nudge. It was very much a nudge. A nudge. Yeah. <laughs> very much Moffat saying, "Here's what we need to do." Yeah. You go and do it, and that's yeah. all he had time to do. Yeah. Poor uh, Mark Gatiss. I, 
I have to say, of the new Who seasons, there are two episodes that I kind of wouldn't really watch much again. One of them was Fear Her. Not because it was any bad, it just was a kind of like mediocre story. And the other one was Love and Monsters, which I loved the first half of, but I didn't like the Zorbatov thingy. Victory of the Daleks might come below (laughs) Love and Monsters as my ever bothering to watch again. I literally got off the phone and thought that was a 45 minutes waste of my life. I, (laughs) I hated it the first two times I saw I'd be interested to hear how many times people have seen it. Uh, Once. I've only seen it twice. Well, I've seen it twice. Because on the third time and fourth time, I actually really quite liked it. You think it's like mm-hmm. drugged? <laughs> <laughs> some hidden message in it when yeah. those you've seen it's it It's really weird. I actually hated it the first two times. I mm. saw yeah. it on SD and HD yeah. on yeah. the same night because they weren't simulcast. And then when I came back a few days later and watched it a third time, it's not too bad. And fourth time, I'm seeing stuff, I mean, nothing yeah. new. I mean, I'll admit, I, mean, I quite enjoyed better. watching it. Well, I mean, I, I, pure, I, yeah, purely for the, um, yeah, for the actual fact of the, uh, the uh, Daleks being back in the Second World War yeah. and actually being a tool for the British government to use for want of a better It's a shame they didn't make it a two-parter. A lot more they could have done with it if Possibly. they'd had the time. Possibly. Yeah, but there again, they could, have, they could have strayed into Muppets in Manhattan. Yeah, they could have dragged it out too done. far. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. for me, it is very much two parts. The first part is Earthside, the better bit, with the old Daleks, and then mm. as soon as the new Daleks come, it, I That's lose interest. It's, mm. like, it's like the end of Dalek. I loved Dalek yeah. until the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same again here. Yeah. I think the thing that put me off with the um, the punching Bracewell bit was it would have been, it, it was almost like it was overly enjoyed. At one time, it would have been done very much almost going up to them and punching him in the nose very, very quickly and apologetically. Uh, and that no, kind of I, stuff. If you look it. at his face as he actually he does shot, it, the shock and horror yeah, in Matt's sm- yeah. face when he does it. It's, it's as almost as if he can't believe he's done it himself. Mm. <laughs> I'm okay. still not convinced. So, marks out of ten for Victory of the Daleks. Ooh. For me, it would possibly be an eight or nine out of ten, but because of the new Daleks, I'm going to have to stick it down to about four. <laughs> Wow. Um, well, I enjoyed watching it, so I'll say seven. I'm going to give it a six. Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Oh, dear. Yeah. And that's only because of the khaki Daleks. There's a lot of good stuff in there if you look. I mean, the Doctor's given the choice saving yeah. Earth or killing the Daleks. Same choice they had in the Time War. Yeah. Same choices. I've had a blooming time he's met the Daleks. Come on, with something <laughs> original. <laughs> we're going to talk about Ashes to Ashes. <laughs> is that Ashes to Ashes we it are is. talking about? Okay. If we say it enough, should we hide the fact that you and I didn't see it? <laughs> right, fire up the quattro. It's time for Ashes to Ashes. My name is Alex Drake. I was shot and found myself in 1983. Is it real or in my mind? Either way, I have to solve the mystery of what all this means and fight to get home. Because time is running out. Right, episode three of season three. Mm-hmm. The arsonist one. Set during the 1983 election, and some madman is going around... Burning buildings. Burning buildings mm. to do with the election, particularly That's Maggie it. Thatcher. Mm. Well, Maggie uh, Thatcher's doing it. <laughs> she was an odd girl. The lady's not for burning. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Was this before 
This was well before she descended into madness, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> descended into madness. Yes, yeah, so we, we were the spitting we're, image think, puppet had right, red we're eyes. At war with Af- <laughs> we were at war with um, Argentina. Yeah, I think this is on the cusp of madness. Fair enough. I think this yeah. was the last election that she won. Time-wise, it would have been it the last... Have been one last, more election. 83, 87. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm. yeah Major took over. Anyway, Jim Keats is staying on for a bit longer to investigate Gene Hunt after mm-hmm. he say he'd go. I don't mm-hmm. like him. Oily. Mm. Smarmy. This, yeah, it's pretty, one, pretty blatant with the... Um, the devils, the, devil, yes. Uh, Have you I even noticed his hair actually like, yeah. has... It comes back slightly, tufts. so you've got two little <laughs> horns on. Yeah... I noticed this one was more about turning Chris against Gene. Um, who took this over while Gene? Ray. 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 Yeah. Ray. Ray. Turning Ray, Ray against yeah. him. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm. last time it was turning Shaz against yeah. Gene. Mm-hmm. Yep. This one it's turning Ray against so Gene. Ray eccentric. It was very Ray eccentric. Eccentric. Ray eccentric. Eccentric. Yeah. Yes. Ray goes into a fire to save somebody and gets caught in there, and a fireman goes and rescues him. And this fireman is pretty blatantly the guy who did it. <laughs> but the only reason it goes in is because Keats is whispering in his ear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't let Gene tell you what to. He's, he's basically almost winding him up well, to actually yeah. go he's in there. He's stirring things up. Yeah. Uh, basically, he's, I, well, he's kicking a hornet's nest. And so I did notice we've had what is typical during this episode mm-hmm. is that the camera shoots in on Ray and everything drops down and he has his, his spotlight. There, there's a pattern now. Yes. Mm. Because it, when it happened with Shaz, she was effectively brought back into Gene's fold. Yeah. yeah. And again with Ray, yeah. when Gene Hunt says those magic three words that he wanted to hear a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I love you. Well done, Ray. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes back into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the ashes to no the uh, life on Mars. Life on Mars yeah. theme. Mm. Not the theme, the actual song. Yeah. Oh, was oh yeah, yeah it was the shatter yeah. as well. Dave wasn't Bowers, it? Yeah. Life on Mars. This in, one wasn't as long or as obvious as well as I was Shaz. It's no. because it was We'd very, very quick. Yeah, no, but I, I also and get it the carried on directly from the clip mm. they used for her as well. Mm. So it's the next line. It is the next line, Another effectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something very obvious going on there. And although we're jumping ahead, the, um, the next episode, the reprise yeah. over this episode, the incidental music for that recap is the Life on Mars theme tune from the TV series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I quite enjoyed this one. It was, it was a bit obvious as to who the fire starter was. It was you know, there's never many options. And it's yeah. pretty yeah. Again, again, they've got <laughs> it's usually someone who's hanging around. Mm. Yeah. It, I, I think that is constrained by the hour-long plot. Yeah. You know, they've got to find out who's done it by the end. I don't think they tried to make too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do get the feeling on this one they weren't trying. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's no... Uh, the fact that he Pro was road. running along with his Firestarter T-shirt listening to the Prodigy, <laughs> prodigy it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was almost that, actually. <laughs> but no, it was, it was quite an enjoyable one. Um, but didn't also some of... The, was this the one where some of the files had gone missing that she'd, she'd put aside about Sam? Or is that the next one? Next one, I think she goes to Jean's... That's it, she goes to Jean's mm, finding cabinet. Mm. This one we have lines such as... Uh, God is in the detail. That's mm. what Sam Tyler said. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, pretty more, more blatant uh, devil and, and God yeah. stuff. Uh, and then we have more of the stars. Shaz was drawing stars yes. in mm, the pad. Right. And Alex took it and joined the dots. And it said 6620. 20, that's it. Mm. Again. Again. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 
don't know what this is. But yeah. It keeps yes, and we've we've also got to find out who this mysterious uh, police officer police with half officer, a face. Yeah, with half his mm. face missing. Is yeah. There's an implication that's something to do with Jean mm. and what happened three years yeah. ago. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. And we find out a lot more of, of Ray's backstory, his family, and why he joined the police. Yeah. Why his obsession with the army and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, his, his, his father, wasn't that's it? His father, yeah, yeah, his yeah. father and his grandfather going back. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all yeah, military chickened men. out. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he yeah. feels that he has got a hell of a lot to live up to, mm. and he feels that he somehow sort of disappointed them, sort of his father and his grandfather, and himself mm. by sort of flunking out of the interview for the army and joining the police force instead. Yeah. That end scene where he chucks the petrol over himself as mm. with the, yeah. and he's got the lighter. You kind of half feel that if the lighter had worked he would've he would have done it. He yeah. would have done it. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't oh, just yeah. to actually get the lighter off of the he was the, in that he was in that frame of mind yeah. with him. Mm. So what what theories do we have as to what six six twenty is? Given it's 1983, it could be a date of birth. Well, I've got a couple of theories with the series and what that could be. Other than the Go God, on. God Devil one, yeah, yeah. the other one that came to me is it's actually what they're in the middle of is a test run for an immersive computer game, and a hacker has got in, i.e., our devil Jim Keats, mm-hmm. and Gene Hunt is the programmer, and the six six twenty is the program key to get out. Could be, but I hope not. Uh, <laughs> Could be. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of yeah, things that yeah. are a bit more than just it's a fictional world in yeah. their um, hallucinations. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't go with the um, immersion for your Mars landing. <laughs> I, I hope not. I like the a theory that Adam's postulated, I think it was last season or the season before. That, oh, go on, mind me. But there's some form of avatar that they are a, no, I won't say god, but a higher power. I Avatar. still what, kind of blue? think that. I think Gene Hunt is yeah. some kind of angel, of want yeah. a better word. Yeah. And I'm coming to the conclusion that Shaz, Ray, and presumably Chris and whatever are, aren't angels. They are real people in the yeah. same way that Sam and Alex are. Yeah. But they've forgotten where they've come from. Yeah, they've, they've been sucked into the, the realm, mm. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So what the sixth book of the Bible is Exodus. If anyone's <laughs> got a Bible, can we see what the sixth chapter <laughs> is and the 20th six, verse? Six, I've got one at home. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one at home. Oh, Quick, go on the internet. Yeah, go, on, yeah. Yeah, go online, yeah. Um, but any ideas then on who Jim Keats is? I mean, well, is he is he someone that's like um, Chaz and that, but is is raging against and is is actually against everything you know gone over to the dark side as we said once before well if gene's an angel i, I take it that he's a, a dark always, angel no, there's angel. always got to be opposites oh, yeah. so he's yeah. meant to be like lucifer the fallen angel i, yeah. don't, I don't think don't he's going to be anything as high up as that he's some little demon minion maybe <laughs> scrofula scrofula yes. uh, six, well, six, six six book chap- of the old testament uh sixth chapter first 20 Exodus was the third book of the Old Testament. Gen- Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Oh, no. Oh, it's the New oh, Testament. New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. They're asking the pagan to actually <laughs> look up. <laughs> Type in sixth... Ver- I've sixth just t- put in sixth book of the Bible. <laughs> Joshua. Joshua. Ooh. Joshua 6.20. I know it. Oh. Go on. Come on, then. We all know it. Come on, Go then. On. It's not Jesus wept, is it? When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and the sounds the of the trumpet, of when the peoples gave down. a loud shout, and the wall collapsed, so every yeah. man charged straight in, and they took the city, and the walls came tumbling down. Ooh. Ooh. 
walls of Jericho. The walls of illusion. I think we've cracked it. You can't have a verse that good by mistake. No. <laughs> you must be right, because they even did that in an earlier episode of Ashes. Ashes. Ah. Is it episode two or three of this season? They had a code which was based on... Yes. Yeah. Bible. We know what it is. So the troops shouted very loudly, and when they heard the blast of the ram's horn and the wall collapsed, the, char- the charge, the troops charged straight ahead and captured the city. So it's basically it's the walls of Jericho coming down. Isn't that in Oxford? What Jericho? That's yeah. John Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> They're Jewish ice cream sellers. I'm not quite sure they actually went all the way from Jerusalem and that part of just down to a the walls of Jericho. Although there were never any walls around Jericho. There were walls around Jericho, no, but they, they collapsed a long, long time before the um, biblical era. No, it was never big enough to have walls. <laughs> so that's interesting. It's the yes. it's ju- so we've got to watch for a character called Joshua. Mm. <laughs> What's Keep's first name? Jim. Jim. Oh, James. Well, James. Short for yeah. Joshua. Short for, yeah. No, I remember it's James. But is, is it? Is it is I mean, on that, it's the, obviously the, the trumpet <laughs> sounded and the walls came yeah. down. But is it the walls of illusion? Mm. Who knows? Could be. Could well be. Well, what's the trumpet sound going to be? Mm. Gosh, mm. we worked stuff out. <laughs> yeah, and it still makes not a bleeding bit of sense. It just made us all bounce up and down and go, <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. Anything anyone else wants to add? No, no it's, it's, it's still very good, although it yep. didn't bring much more to it. It's still keeping you interested. You're, you're in, on you're a getting, slow burn. Yeah, you get little agree. bits and it's, like, it's almost halfway through. And I like the fact it's almost halfway through. And it's not bleeding obvious how yeah. it's going to end. Well, they're gradually cranking up the t- it is. tension. It's, they're cranking up the tension. I'll it's, say that again. So, no, it's better the first time. Without hiccuping. So they're, t- they're definitely gradually turning up the tension. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a slow build. Yeah. No, I prefer turning up the... <laughs> they're definitely going through character by character. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, it's, yes. each, each character is having his turn in the spotlight. So it'll be Chris next. Yeah. Bless mm-hmm. his little cotton Presumably. socks. So what's oh, going to happen? I have they... to say, the only thing... No, this is the next episode, so I'll say oh, it for the it, next yeah. episode. What happens when they get to Gene Hunt? Mm. Ooh, well, he just seems to be the one which is mm. in charge. It's all mm. But is he going to have his... I don't think he will. ...day in the sun, so to speak. I think he will. OK, so more next time. Ooh, yes, yes. Right, you've been writing to us, you lovely people. And we shall now very badly read what you've written. (laughs) We've heard from Reese. Hello, Hello, Reese. Who says, Dear team, it's my birthday. birthday. Actually, we've had cake today. It means it's 12. It was on the 15th of April, so happy birthday for the 15th of April. Quite a while ago now. But we we had cake. We've just had cake. We did. And I'm going to tell you what I got. Oh, yeah. One, I got a nice new sleeping bag. The latest book by Sir Terry Pratchett, The Unseen Academicals. Good. A Doctor Who shirt with the diamond logo. Yes! I think Jean likes that. Yes! And last but not least, by any means least, I got a tenth Doctor coat. Woohoo! Sorry, Real Keith. It doesn't sack sound so. Sacking, racking, fracking, sacking, racking, fracking, I'm so happy. Oh, and I saw The Beast Below on YouTube, and while I was watching it, something happened. Smutomatic. Hope it's spelt like that. Activated. Well, I was sitting there watching a really, really, really good episode of Doctor Who. 
finding little references to other books and shows, Discworld being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I felt a little feeling when Karen Gillan as Amy Pond came on the screen. So I looked down at my blah, 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 and it was moving. But I'm not as pervy as Wynne, so let's just say I'm very happy to have Karen Gillan as the new companion. It's really bliss. (laughs) He's going through puberty. He is. That's all for now from this really happy 10th Doctor Coat and Doctor Who shirt-wearing Reese. P.S. The 10th Doctor Coat nearly made up for not getting me the DVDs, so if they can say happy birthday to me on the podcast, that would help. You know what? Have a cake for me. You'll love it. We did. It was we nice. Did. Thank you. Thank we you. Did. Happy we did. birthday. We had cake. Sleeping bag there. Don't they give you beds out there or down there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, Staggering Stories team and the head of Smith. Another review for you. Victory of the Daleks. Ah. <sighs> The first thing I have to talk about in this story is Ian McNeese as Winston Churchill. His performance was pretty much perfect. The only small thing I can find to niggle at is that Churchill seemed to have too much hair, <laughs> but I can look past that. And fat, but yeah, look yeah. past that. <laughs> I certainly liked his continual sneaky attempts to pinch the TARDIS key from the Doctor. Oh, yeah, that was, that was good. good, yeah, yeah. That and using the Daleks to fight for Britain showed the side of Churchill that was willing to go to almost any lengths to defeat Hitler's forces. Yes. The Daleks fetching and carrying has obvious shades of power of the Daleks. Yep. And it's nice that we can finally see the, that creepiness in action. Like last week, the moment that, uh, when the Doctor snaps and knocks a tea tray to the floor came without warning. The Doctor ranting while hitting the Dalek repeatedly was unbelievably frightening. And Matt Smith did one hell of a good job convincing us of his anger. Punctuated brilliantly with the final kick to the Dalek. Oh yeah. Really liked the way the Dalek, as it turned around, you knew that it was about to do something. You, you knew it had changed. <laughs> yeah. and it just body language on the Dalek. It's incredible. <laughs> really inanimate object. Yeah. 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 The testimony is transmitted and the Doctor heads up to the Dalek ship. The bluff with the Jemmy Dodger was just inspired. <laughs> During the following exchange, Matt Smith is in full scene stealing mode, matching the Daleks and give as good as Doctor on Daleks' performance as any of the previous ten actors. I think we have to agree that this story belongs to Matt Smith and this defiantly shows us another level to his Doctor. Mm. As for the Daleks, it's out of the old and in with the new. Mm. This... <laughs> <laughs> This is what we can expect from this new production team, bringing back old favourites but in new, interesting ways. Again, elements are taken from the 1960s Dalek films, but put together in a different way, becoming less the impenetrable battle tanks of the last five years, instead becoming larger, more imposing and more alien in their design. Teddy Dobbies. Yeah. Yeah. I like that the five are all different colours, and that each one has a particular function. Scientist, strategist, eternal, etc. The Spitfire attack on the Dalek ship was brilliant. If that doesn't make anyone feel eight years old, nothing will. (laughs) The idea of the Daleks making the lights go on was simple, but effective, I think. There was a nice cameo by the ARP warden, even if he did look somewhat like an older Steve Pendleton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I particularly liked his last line, Do your worst, Adolf! (laughs) Back down to earth with a smack, and that's just Bracewell. I can hear the groans even now. I like the way Bracewell's character was developed through this story. His is one of real tragedy at the realisation of what he is and his reconnection to his humanity. (laughs) Considering this was done with real heart and believability and that Bracewell was only in a handful of scenes, I have to commend Bill Patterson on a good job, especially in his last scene where he realises he can go on living. But didn't he take his time coming to that (laughs) point? It was very well done. It was was very well done. Stephen Moffat described this story as a Mark Gatiss classic. Can we call it this? I think so. It will depend on how these new Daleks are used as to how successful this change has been. We're definitely going to see them again, and I'm sure this new team will have some interesting places for the Dalek to go from here. Speaking of which, Amy not knowing about the Daleks, I wouldn't have picked that. Another iron in the fire, perhaps? 
Keep buggering on. Chris. Sorry, Chris. Well, he lighted. Yep. <laughs> I did wonder also why they replaced him with an android rather than a replicant or yeah. Yeah. brainwashed. Presumably there was an original. I don't know. What happened him? Yeah, I, I get the feeling that there was an original who they take the brain patterns from. Mm. Right. We've got another letter from, um, um, guess who? Reese. Uh, Reese. <laughs> Dear team, podcast number 70. Woohoo! No. No, 71. no, it's 71 now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fake Keith, sorry I didn't say happy birthday last time. I didn't know it was yours until I heard the latest Tin Dog podcast. Oh, yeah. And he did one of his Who Astrology thingies. Oh, I must put those on. That's I'd, okay. I'd like to say sorry about the audio feedback I sent you. I have a cat playing around in the background and my oh. dad's working on a straw bale extension, so he was hammering and sawing. So, sorry. That mm. explains it. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what all the noises were. <laughs> Another audio problem there was for your last episode was the completely electronic, electronic and terrible theme tune. Why? 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 <laughs> I had to go and hide in the corner after ripping out my earphones and started thinking, just think of Karen Gillian, just think of Karen Gillian, just thinking, ah, that's better. Uh, what happened down there? Uh, real key. The Series 5 theme tune wasn't done by Marigold, and I think that's why it didn't sound good. Mm. I have to say on the theme tune, I think I've sussed it with it. It's right. rubbish. It's too soft. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't sound hard and yeah. metallic and strong like the other theme tunes. It yeah. sounds very soft. Yeah. It's yeah. a wussy theme tune. <laughs> it's growing on me. It's growing on me. Now, about the swimming pool library thing, I think it was El Presidente who said it was the most likely the contents of the pool, yep. because as the doctor said, the pool is around somewhere. So does that mean the library has moved with it? I don't think so. I saw the 11th hour again last night in ABC One with my mum and dad. Now, Jean, my mum was worse than you when it started. She does think Matt is the doctor now. Someone has to. <laughs> I'd love to ask, how do you do it, you lot? I was keeping my eyes out for new things that might be a part of a plot in the series, but I kept getting drawn in, and I say that's really good. It's a really good thing. I really want to point out the music on the episode was insert number nine star fantastic. Well, it was fantastic. Mm, yep. I love every bit of that music. I can agree with your other listener, Chris, about A, young Amy, it was sweet and sad, and B, Karen Gillens has nice legs. Well, she has a nice everything. <laughs> Matt Smith is the doctor, and I'm not judging him as a good doctor or a bad one until I've seen the whole series, or at least an emotional scene, because that's where the tenant glowed. Yeah, mm. true. Beast Below. This episode was fantastic! People have wondered why the computer said Amy was three or four thousand years old. I think it's kind of obvious. Yeah. It had her on record from the day she left with the Doctor, and now it's finding her in front of it. It kept counting. Yeah, of course. And that would make the unmarried part make more sense. Mm. I'd love to point out how damn lovely she is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're getting obsessed here. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, There's a running theme here. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly you knew when she was born and... Yeah. Mm. How many days, many years that's been, yeah. Now, the reference to other things that makes good make some people a little angry, but I love them, and they drew me in. The Discworld reference was great, and I love the fact that every podcaster noticed one. And that means that they all read those books. Me and two other friends seem to be the only down under who do. Now on to the crack. <laughs> Sarcasm mode on. <laughs> Did you notice that the very not very obvious crack right at the end of the episode? Sarcasm mode off. 
<laughs> and people say RTD was obvious and unsubtle and is nowadays considered a bad writer. But come on! <laughs> For one, he brought the series back, started the spin-offs and made us laugh, made us cry and made us feel really happy and scared. <laughs> now... That's about it, apart from the fact that I'm happy we're going to a weekly podcast, even if it's only for a while. Reese. P.S. I don't have HD TV. The quality of the 11th hour is really was still very good, and it made it easier to see Karen <laughs> Gillum. Doesn't she look, li- look nice? And that... <laughs> reporter was so wrong! And I think they are the ones complaining about Amy's skirt, because I'm not. <laughs> P.P.S. Get well soon, fake Keith and Crumbly. I wasn't well when I heard number 69, so I felt for you. Oh, oh, thank you so much. Was it he was unwell because he heard the introduction? <laughs> Before we go on, I just want to say, isn't it odd the way Amy's crack at the end of Beast Blow was so much bigger yeah. than Amy's crack at the end of Victory of the Darlings? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Something's happening. It's... How can I put it? It was same the same shape. size and shape, but in proportion of the area that it's in. Oh, mm. grief, yeah. If you understand my meaning. Mm. Because, it, because it was positioned in... You've seen it in the wall. Small wall, small yeah. crack. You saw, it in <laughs> church, uh, you saw it in the Churchill bunker. Small wall, small crack. It was on the side of the ship. The Discworld. But the, why wasn't it on the side of the wall where the TARDIS landed? Yeah, that's it, that's it. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Yes, and um, who else thought the uh, the Great Britain ship reminded me of uh, the Greater Tuin? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's it. That's what he's been world, saying. Yeah. Yep. The Discworld ref. We have a letter from Patrick. Hello. Hello, Hello Patrick. Patrick. Dear team and the useless collared head of Pertwee. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's safe to call Pertwee's head useless. <laughs> this email comes to you in two parts: part the one victory and part the two. Questions. Okay. Part the one. Victory of the Daleks. I thought I'd share my thoughts on this episode with you, neatly skipping over the fact I didn't offer any thoughts on the beast below. <laughs> I didn't like that one though. I did Sorry. Like I did like that one though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm imposing my own thoughts here. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. This is Victory of the Daleks. I really enjoyed it and is one of the top three Dalek stories from the new series. The new Daleks are good. My favourite is the yellow one. Mm-hmm. My favourite was the red one. The plot was fairly solid. Acting was wonderful too. I'm getting a little sick of Amy saving the world all the time. She could give the Doctor a go. Give me a go. <laughs> did you did, did you know she fight Reese for that? Yeah. Did you notice she saved the day in every episode so far? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, so far. Also, the Doctor keeps getting things wrong with the TARDIS, getting it late again. Mm. Either something's going on or things are getting a bit samey. Hold on, another quick thing I forgot to say about... Another thing I forgot to say about Victory of the Daleks. When Amy's left behind, why wasn't she immediately worried about the Doctor not reappearing yeah. for two years? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. this is a, true, that's a good point. No. There was no mention of that. Didn't notice that. Been. Didn't notice yeah, that. Be, she's got every right to be nervous. I liked that the Daleks escaped. It kind of makes it a bigger threat than if they'd been blown up. They would only have come back anyway. Yeah, well, that's the point. The one ship survived line did annoy me, though. Yeah, and of course, Amy not remembering the events of Journey's End, the vast Toffee MN is truly a genius. (laughs) 
So, <laughs> to wrap up, I'd give the episode an 8 out of 10. Oh. I expect great things from Angels next week. Is that still running? <laughs> Part the two questions. I have two questions for you to get your heads around. Oh, dear. Question one. Have you read the comic book Watchmen? Yes. How do you think it compares Ooh. to the film? Papery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it compared yeah, yeah, yeah. quite closely, which I think is maybe probably one of the troubles with the film. Yeah, it's got more backstory in it. Yeah. It's got a few more side elements from yeah. the film. I mean, I enjoyed the film. I mean, not having read the comic book, I mean, I was you know, sort of slightly uncertain as to what to expect. Mm. Mm. But as I say, I mean, I enjoyed the film immensely. I mean, this, piece of, this piece of trivia, mm. the scene where it sort of charts um, Professor Manhattan's um, transformation from human into a sort of whatever. Years. Yeah. yeah, that's all in the comic, as I recall. The actual piece of music they use in that is by a composer called Philip Glass. Yes. And it's from the film Coyonis Cutsy. Which is brilliant, and I mm. have Coyonis Cutsy and Power Cutsy. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Wait, they are worth watching. Oh, they are, very much so. Question the second. Yeah. At the end of each episode, Adam says, Series 1, episode so-and-so. When does Series 1 end and Series 2 of Staggering Stories begin? It never does. That's yes. all for me. Bye for now. Patrick, El Presidente, over uh, to well, you. Well, I, I, well, think, I think it's when the head of Pertwee tells him. It yeah, ends. well, that's certainly true. Pertwee raised. We just don't know yet. Yeah. Someday there may be a, a Series 2. <laughs> a bit of a hiatus, we don't know. Yeah. Nothing's planned, but no doubt someday it will happen. <laughs> right, we've heard from Naya. Hello, Naya! Hello, Naya. Hello, Naya. She says, hello, Staggering Stories team. Team. I hope Crumbly and Fake Keith are feeling better by the time this arrives. Uh, yes, sort of. Thank you. <laughs> he's, not, he's being a man about things. <laughs> I wanted to throw my two cents about the beast below. I can't believe I'm about to type this, but, Gene, I agree with you. That <laughs> isn't up to the job. Oh, he's absolutely dear. perfect when he's doing Manic Happy Doctor. I adored every <laughs> second of the 11th hour. Yep. But the more he tries to bring in the Doctor's darker undertones of loneliness and anger the less I believe him. Yes. I don't think it's his age, I think it's experience. Eccleston and Tennant had a lot of experience in classical training and it showed. Mm. The Doctor is an almost Shakespearean character, encompassing Puck's sense of humour. She's waving <laughs> her arms she's, here. She's in the corner doing what, a victory What I wanted dance. to say is, remember you had a go at me once about saying he was young and I was ageist. That's what I meant. It wasn't young as in he's young. Young as in he hasn't got the acting experience no, still to ageist. bring to it. <laughs> the Doctor's an almost Shakespearean character, encompassing Puck's sense of humour all the way through Macbeth's bloody wrath magnified to cover worlds instead of nations but when it comes to portraying that sense of power Matt just doesn't make me feel it Uh the beast below introduced something that I didn't expect at all from Moffat's run the idiot plot (laughs) in that at least one person has to be a complete idiot to move the plot along in the beast below it was the entire government Liz Ten rocked as a character but she is the one who set up the machinery of the police state and freeing mm. the beast does not magically solve the rest of that society's problems, such as the willingness to feed dissidents and children to the animal for the crimes of dissent and apparently having a single bad day at school. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we viewers supposed to feel that everything is resolved just because the beast itself is no longer being tortured? Mm. There are moments that are lovely, mm. but I'm not getting the emotional swell that will lift me over all the... But that doesn't... But 
that can't wait a minute of plot points. <laughs> and Victory of the Daleks is much the same. Fun moments, but ultimately Matt not convincing me that the Doctor is again facing his ancient enemies. Several major plot points that require heavy-duty wires and a couple of winches to suspend disbelief. <laughs> and even yet another Star Wars homage. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I expected out of Moffat. A quick note on Torchwood. They just announced that the American Torchwood isn't moving forward. No surprise there, I didn't figure Fox would take it. What does surprise me is that the BBC and or Davies are apparently insisting on a 13-episode run. No wonder Fox turned it down. It's extremely rare for shows to be other than a four- to five-episode miniseries or a full season of 22. Mid-season replacements and summer shows are 12 episodes. If the Davies is going to insist on no more than thir- or less than 13 episodes, I doubt anyone here will bite. Naya. Hmm. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, thank you, Naya. I, you, thank you, Naya. <laughs> I, I doubt Russell T would be absolutely devastated if it was 12 rather than 13. I don't think that was it at all. But... And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of yet another podcast. Aww. But never fear, we'll be back in the next one with more of the same. <laughs> so we'll be back with more of the same. More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews, more who old and new. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Bye. Well, jollity? Not much about victory of the Daleks, it seems. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> um, where's the old who here? Bye bye. <laughs> I'm just going to say goodbye. <laughs> See, I approved of your outage. My outage. You, you, your outage. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean. Well, well, getting I do, married. I do eat a lot of fibre. <laughs> Bastards to a man. <laughs> you have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 71, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fate Keith, Gene Midler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presidential production for www.staggeringstories.net. <laughs> you did it wrong. You I didn't do did anything. He just came over and fiddled with me knob. Woohoo! <laughs> I didn't so much as a buy your leave. More slash fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to do another one, Gene? <laughs> we should get Andy to do one in his manly voice. It raised itself erect. <laughs> it's a new sucker! <laughs> a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was an episode of Doctor Who, but you wouldn't know it because it was really Star Wars in disguise. <laughs> Where's your bow tie? I took it off because it was cutting into my eyebrow. Well, you shouldn't put it up there. God. That's almost as good as the headline, Volcano Stops Gatwick. Gatwick Volcano Chaos. That was so cool. (laughs) We're hoping for an earthquake next year or at least a meteor strike. Giant monster attack. Yeah. See, I voted for a giant monster attack. (laughs) They said that would be making stuff up and we're not allowed to do it. I even offered to bring in, you know, model dinosaurs and things so we could sort of put them in front of the the lens. (laughs) (laughs) Save that one for April Fool's Day. Mm. (laughs) Not a big front page. (laughs) (laughs) Godzilla (laughs) invades Gatwick. (laughs) (laughs) April Fool's. Okay, we better get on. We've yeah. got to mm, yes. cover tonight. Yeah. We've been natty. I, I have a confession. Mm. I haven't seen the last Ashes to Ashes. No, you haven't seen oh, the did. last two Ashes to Ashes. Haven't I? No. no.
Have you What's seen that? the fire fire one, the fire no. starter? No. No. No, no. you haven't seen the last two. Because <laughs> we went to a film on the Friday night and I just caught the end of Ashes to Ashes. Oh, downstairs. I see. So I ask you to come and see a film with me, like, as husband <laughs> and wife. Excuse me. A could, pleasant could we have the domestic, <laughs> domestic elsewhere? <laughs> and you, bitch, because you missed Ashes to Ashes. No. Domestic, well, fine. domestic elsewhere. Mother <laughs> told me you were no good. No, your mother... If you t- suck my toe, I will... <laughs> Karen... Your mother told you I was no good. <laughs> Let's face it, at that point in my life, my mother told me everyone I liked was no good. <clears throat> she was right. She was, yeah. You're all bastards. <laughs> Poor man. Oh, I worry, she thought we were corrupting well, you. Well, right <laughs> she wanted to know where your parents were and why they let you hang around with us. <laughs> good question. This is when I told her that your dad was a spy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she shut up after that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop pulling faces. <laughs> Don't look at her. Don't look at close your eyes. <laughs> That's a normal face. <laughs> Sorry. I'll be quite finished, children. It's going to be one of those nights, yes. isn't it? <clears throat> <clears throat> Who hasn't gone yeah. to Port Memmian and run along the beach going, I'm not a number, I'm a free man? Yeah. Never been there. No, who hasn't, when they've oh, been at Port oh, Memmian? Oh, yeah. We did it in Hemsby in Norfolk, but it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> I also smacked my head on the roof of the stone boat. Ow! Mm, Why? It's yeah. a hobby. Was this in tribute to, to Malcolm McLaren? <laughs> no, it wasn't, actually. Oh, I didn't okay. realise how small the air cabin was on the stone boat. I straightened up and smack. Oh. And it was made of stone, not wood. Does that hurt even more when you haven't got hair? <coughs> well, uh, oh, 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 no padding. Oh, phone. He didn't have hair till he what? hit his head on the top of the oh. boat. Well, the, th- the thing was, I had hair when, when I hit my head on the. Uh, he came uh, round. <laughs> <laughs> In the desert, yes. BBC Wild had... <laughs> BBC Wild? BBC Wild Wild. Speak today, la 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 la. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, hang on, I'm attacking the microphone. <laughs> attacking to the microphone. <laughs> anyway. But never fear, we'll be back in the next one with more of the mm. same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, with oh, my mind's gone blank. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with more of the same. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Line. <So. laughs> yeah. <Prompt>. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll be back with more of the same. So big, so grand that you just know. Mike, uh, what do you think you're doing? I'm recording the new ad for the Earth Station One podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Why can't you just say it in your normal voice like this? Listen to the Earth Station One podcast. We can be found at www.earthstation1.com. We don't always know what we'll be talking about, but we know it will be entertaining. Or why couldn't you just say, listen to the Earth Station One podcast? We can be found at www.earthstation1.com and on Facebook as well as iTunes. You could just remember to leave the A out of Earth. Okay, all I need to say is listen to the Earth Station One podcast. No big voices needed. Yep. Perfect. Wonderful. (laughs) 